What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by It's Christmas in May, Joy Noel. Hello, happy Tuesday. Happy Elise's birthday to you. <laughs> exactly. And also joining us is the big dog, Kevin Coelho. Hey. Yeah, everyone, it's it's Elise's birthday today. You should go wish her a, a happy birthday over on, on Twitter. Uh, and rounded out the group right now, it is my Canadian hockey puck, the one and only Matt Rohrbeck. I'm wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs hat. They won 5 nothing last night. They're up 1-0 yeah. against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I missed it for the MCU. So you know how committed I am for this. <laughs> I, I appreciate the dedication because I I know you well enough to know that the, the two highest things in your life are the MCU and your your beloved Maple Leafs. So that is true. That must have been a, that must have been hard for you to have to make the decision there. I struggled for like a week leading up to it. I'm like, I could just see it on Thursday night with everyone. I probably don't need to see it early. I could watch the Leafs and the Leafs have lost. You know, they haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1967, um, which is a long time. (laughs) So the playoffs are important, but it was game one. And I was like, all right, I'll just watch the third period when I get out of the game. And I did that on my way home on my phone. and It was great. And they won. So now Dr. Strange time. I'm I'm pumped. I am pumped as well. Now, Matt, you already did a spoiler-free review over on your channel, which is? Untitled Movie Podcast and Untitled Movie Reviews. You can get it on YouTube and podcast services everywhere. So, yeah, after this, if you want even more, you can go check that out. But, of course, this is the Kind of Funny Screencast where every week we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. Uh, This is our spoiler-free review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness that we're doing here. Then, later in the week on Friday, we're going to be doing our MCU in review with the entire crew where we're going to rank, recap, and review it against all of the other entries in the Marvel's Studios pantheon of projects, both TV and movies that they've been uh, coming out with. And speaking of that, uh, we have a lot more screencasts this week. We have tomorrow, Moon Knight finale. We're going to be giving our thoughts on that as well. So stay tuned right here to youtube.com slash kindoffunny, roosterteeth.com, or your favorite podcast service. Just search for Kind of Funny Screencast. We'll be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad-free and watch live as we record it, you got to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like our Patreon producers, Anonymous, Molecule, and Fargo Brady have done. Very exciting stuff. Today we're brought to you by ExpressVPN, Chime, and Babbel, but we'll get to all of that later. Let's get right into it. And so let's just at the top say this. What we mean by spoiler-free is we're going to be as vague as possible to not spoil anything, uh, but we will be talking about things that were shown in the trailers. That is the the line that we're holding for everybody because obviously we do not want to ruin this experience for anybody out there. Joey Noel, I want to start with you. What did you think about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? This uh, was not 100% what I expected when I walked into this. I think I am a Sam Raimi fan. I like his movies kind of other than the Spider-Man movies for what that's worth. Um, So I was really interested to see what his take on a horror movie was, but then also knowing that it's like within the Marvel MCU and knowing that it was probably going to be restrained a little bit. I was surprised that it felt very Sam Raimi and like fully committed to that. And I didn't necessarily think that the MCU and Kevin Feige would let him go as far as he did in terms of like injecting his flavor of things into it um i think so 
that's kind of like a table setter in the sense that like if you like Sam Raimi stuff, I think you're going to dig it. If you're not a huge Sam Raimi fan, I think you might be a little bit more mixed on how you feel about this movie. Um, I think Danny Elfman's music <laughs> is undeniably woven through this in a way that like I know that Tim is usually the one that picks up on the musical cues of this movie. Uh, and I that's something that like I kind of miss in a lot of things. And this this is a, this is a key point of this movie and I really enjoyed it. I love Danny Elfman's music. Um, I think the story is really interesting. It's kind of a weird slower start, but uh, it definitely ramps up in the middle and the third act. Um, I think that it's really strong performances from everybody that's in it. I was really surprised at how much I liked America Chavez. I think usually with newer characters getting introduced to these movies, um, there's the it's the same thing that how I felt about Aquafina in um, Shang Chi, where it's like, oh, is this going to be too much? Is it going to be good? But I felt like it was a really good balance um, for a new character. Um, I had a lot of fun. I have a lot of criticisms about it, <laughs> um, but overall, I was really pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed it and how much they let Sam Raimi do his thing. Kevin Coelho. Yeah, I'm, uh, I was kind of blown away by how much this movie does and how hard it goes. Um, Cause I feel like there were a lot of places where they just full on did some stuff and it was like, wow. And I, I, I'm sorry I have to be so vague, but it's like, it left me blown away. I uh, I enjoyed this movie. I don't know as you know where it's gonna rank and all that. That's that's a much longer and deeper conversation I need to have with myself. <laughs> but like I was like the stuff that goes on in this left me absolutely floored. I can't wait to see this again. Like Thursday can't come soon enough because I like. Yeah, this interesting and crazy choices. That, that being said, I really also was kind of shocked by how much I enjoyed. Uh, well, what's what's her name? Chavez, America, uh, America. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I thought for sure I wasn't gonna like her, and and um, I think they did a good job building in a, like a very short amount of time a character that was likable and. Uh, relatable is not the right word but like we like we cared about her and her circumstances um i yeah i, I was really blown away and like kind of stoked to, to like what with what where the mcu's at and what what can happen going forward matt um i i'm torn on this because i i really liked it i will say that um, but I did not love it. Um, what I do love about it, though, is the MCU uh, at its best, I think, is when it finds really kind of unique and interesting directors and kind of lets them put a stamp uh, on the movie. We've seen it with, you know, James Gunn and Taika Waititi and even going back, you know, love it or hate it with Shane Black and Iron Man 3. And I think from phase three onward, we've had, you know, Kevin Feige finding really interesting filmmakers and kind of letting them do their thing even chloe Zhao and eternals i mean i didn't love that movie but they kind of let her do her thing in that and i think in this they're very much letting sam raimi do his thing and that's what i was kind of most surprised at and i think like joey said for better or for worst it's like all the best and worst of sam raimi from those spider-man movies and from the evil dead movies and everything and um 
you know what? I ended up really liking it. I think it just kind of takes a long time to get rolling. And then by the second and third act, when shit starts to hit the fan, I'm like, okay, this is where this movie's going. And Sam Raimi's kind of let loose even more um, and kind of have those horror elements and all those kind of zany kind of things you see in all of his movies with the camera movements and the weird edits and the music cues and different things like that. I was surprised at how violent it was and how kind of horror adjacent it really was. It's not necessarily kind of scary, but for kids, I think it will be. And I think it's a good introduction to that. And uh, yeah, so I'm a little mixed on it overall and I can't wait to talk to you guys. But I think like I am eager to see it again because I feel like with any MCU movie, like when I get out of it, it's just like a whirlwind of feelings and I don't know exactly how I feel but I think ultimately uh that first act I was like I don't know if I like this and then kind of when it starts picking up and I'm like uh I think I, this was really entertaining so it's a bit messy which is you know a Sam Raimi movie but I think overall <laughs> kind of enjoyable uh yeah before I give my thoughts I, I forgot to, to ask Joey then Kev then Matt what would you give it on yeah. the kind of funny review scale which is one to five terrible bad okay great or amazing Joey. Um, I'm torn between a three and a four. I would probably decide on a four as of right now upon rewatch and like thinking about it more than like the last 12 hours. Um, that might change a little bit, but that would be mine. Kev. I think uh, one thing I want to reiterate, it, uh, or not reiterate, but like state that, that Matt said, like, I also, I don't know that I loved it. I enjoyed it a lot, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure that I loved it. And uh, I think it's a solid four for me. Great. Matt. I'm right where Joey is, where I'm kind of in between a three and a four. Um, I think I would lean towards four on your guys rating scale just because I think overall I still love the MCU I love kind of something I just didn't mention but like this is very much a sequel to WandaVision as much as it is, is a Doctor Strange movie and I think that stuff like the Disney plus and leaning into those shows being very very important for the movies I think is really cool so I think while it's messy I'd still kind of lean towards that that four rather than a three but I'm somewhere in between those two ratings. I'm, so I'm right there, right there with you, Matt, where I, I, I would give it a four. I would say that it's great. And I think that that is almost working against itself in my mind uh, of what this movie is. I am not a Sam Raimi fan. I think that this movie just uh, makes that a, a fact for sure for me. Never been the sure. biggest fan of, of the uh, Spider-Man movies. Everybody knows that of where I, I love those movies, but like I do not like them from a quality perspective. And the Evil Dead stuff, never fully seen one of the movies, but the, what I have seen, not really for me. And seeing this, it is full on Sam Raimi. And because of that, I think it's going to be it's a hard thing for me to latch on to. But despite that, they knocked it out of the park being just full on in on the creative vision. And I'm all about that. Mm -hmm. I think especially with where we're at with phase four, uh, the MCU is so vast and varied at this point with so many different characters that as long as the characters and locations and the kind of science behind the entire MCU is being respected. I would much rather see directors go wild within those rules with their vision and their voice than just kind of seeing things that we've seen over and over again. So despite me not being a fan, I'm happy that he uh, tackled this movie mm -hmm. and I'm happy that he did the way that he, he did because it gave us stuff that we're not going to see in other Marvel movies or other superhero movies. And I think that there was uh zero restraint shown um when it comes to that kind of campy horror vibe that this has like you're saying Matt, yeah. it's not really scary but 
this movie's fucked up in a way that I, I mm-hmm. get the vibes of like 80s kids movies where <laughs> this pushes the PG-13 rating as oh, totally. far as it could possibly go. And I think that in a lot of ways, there are there are moments, there are many, many, many moments, whether it's camera uh, motions and, and tricks and editing or um, events that actually happen in the movie that they do such a good job of playing with your expectations and um, just – uh, again, not trying to spoil anything. Like they push the 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 line of like what's acceptable to show and what you can't show, and sometimes the things they don't mm-hmm. show, but you, but you know happened, yep. make it even scarier yeah. and make it more brutal. And I think that that is where Sam Raimi really shines in this movie mm-hmm. of going all out and allowing moments to happen that are backed up with the cinematography and editing. And that's kind of the magic where it's like, okay, cool. It might not be for me, but I get. I get it, and, and they're really nailing it with this. Uh, taking it, go for it, Kev. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I, I, that's so true, and I feel like this does such a good job making the villain of this movie really intimidating, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the villain in this movie is a a monster, unlike anything we've seen in the MCU. And I think that that is is a cool energy where you you know we've heard for a while there's horror vibes. And just rewatching Doctor Strange one last week in uh, in review, um, I I was reminded that like Scott Derrickson uh, directing that there's there are horror elements kind of in the background of that movie. This movie just totally takes it to the forefront and, and pushes hard uh, with that camp factor as well. And it, it kind of just creates something that is like weirdly unique because it is Mm -hmm. so sam raimi but it also is so different than the spider-man movies like you'd think oh sam raimi he's done uh, superheroes before it's like no not like this like this especially uh being such a focused story on uh strange and wanda i'm surprised at the simplicity of the plot of multiverse of badness and i actually think that at the end of the day it was a good call to keep it this simple because it allowed them to focus a bit more on character moments and in classic mcu fashion i can't wait to watch this again because some of the things that they say or they do or background on stories or events that we've known before but now we get a different perspective on i love where this movie lets off where it very much feels like um the end of an arc of storytelling that we've gotten for strange uh, and Wanda over the last couple projects. Uh, but also yeah. very clearly is moving us towards a future that I'm really excited for, for, for these characters and, and seeing where they're going to take it all. Um, and, and not just the characters, but the world um, that they built out with this. And um, Danny Elfman, I've been saying it a lot. I'm, I, I'm a little hit or miss with him. I love his older work, but whenever it's him kind of adapting other people's themes, I'm not traditionally the biggest fan with Age of Ultron or with uh, Batman v Superman. I didn't really love those scores. I love the score of this movie that he used the themes so well. And to Joey's point, like they're they're in your face. They're appropriate. They're at the right times. But I don't think this movie would be as good as it is without Danny Elfman working with Sam Raimi because it it has this kind of kinetic energy where there is always 10 out of 10 Danny Elfman score progressing the, the like locomotion and momentum of the scenes. Like all the action scenes feel almost like Looney Tunes esque in terms of the way the music and the action is uh, working back and forth. And I was very, very impressed with that. Yeah. The music in this is insane. Oh yeah. It's just, I feel like I haven't, And maybe it's just a lot of me not paying attention, but like, I feel like it's been a while since like I felt a Danny Elfman project has been so intertwined with the film itself where it's like, I don't really feel like you can separate the two. 
Um, and especially someone who doesn't normally pick up on that. I was like really, really happy with that. Uh, Matt, I want to get to you in just one second. But before yeah. we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Babbel for sponsoring this episode. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. Definitely not me. I took Spanish, didn't do well in it the first time, did okay the second time. You know what? We'll move on. Now, thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. Greg Miller has been learning French little by little, and now when he goes back home to, to Canada to see Jen's family, he'll be able to communicate better. Isn't that a lovely situation? Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language language on the go. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Right now, you can save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash kindoffunny. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash kindoffunny for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. One more time, babbel.com slash kindoffunny. Shout out to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like walking your dog in public without securing them on a leash. Most of the time, you'll probably be fine. But what if one day your dog runs away or gets dog-napped? It's better to be careful, especially when it's as simple as using ExpressVPN. We've been using ExpressVPN here at Kind of Funny for years now. Me personally, I've been using it, and I know that my internet browsing is secure. It just gives me that peace of mind that I need. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network in cafes, hotels, airports, your online data is not secure but expressvpn creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so they can't and it's great i use it on my desktop i use it on my phone i use it everywhere that i use the internet it would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past expressvpn's encryption you can get an extra three months of expressvpn at expressvpn.com slash kind of funny that's expressvpn.com slash kind of funny e-x-p-r-e-s-s-v vpn.com slash kinda funny. Shout out to Chime for sponsoring this episode. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. You can get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes you can get started at chime.com slash kf games that's chime.com slash kf games chime.com slash kf games banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp bank or stride bank na members fdic early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer go for it matt i was just gonna completely agree like this is the first time in a long time like danny elfman i felt like has been you know, Coachella aside, been kind of watered <laughs> down uh, the last decade or so. Like, I love his early stuff with Tim Burton and, and even Raimi with the Spider-Man trilogy and stuff like that. But I feel like he started doing weirder and weirder projects, but not weird in the good way like he was doing with Burton, where he would do like Fifty Shades of Grey and different things like that, where his scores just felt like, you know, normal scores, where I felt like this, it's integral to the movie, like to what Joe and, and Tim was saying. Like, it is very much... 
I hate saying this, but a character in the movie, but it kind of is and mm-hmm. very much so. And I feel like seeing him kind of let loose just like Raimi was able to was such a blast because, uh, you know, it's something that, you know, good music, I feel like a lot of the times is you don't want to notice it. It just wants to be part of the movie. But then there are times like with Elfman and other people where you're like, no, there's a couple moments where you'll literally pop for a, or a song or like things that are integral to the plot of the movie. And you're like, oh, Danny Elfman's also going off. And that's fantastic because I haven't seen this guy do this in a very, very long time. Yeah, just sticking with the music for a sec. Like there's there's one music cue in particular, yeah. one of many, but there's one that I, I lost my shit. I, I didn't yeah, so expect did I. it. And the way that it happened was just like, it was overwhelmingly exciting to me. And I think that that is kind of like, peak mcu right it is like these moments that like you're like that's too good to be true i can't imagine they would do it and then they do it and you're like holy crap like thank you like it, it's rewarding us for the investment that we've given superhero movies right and like the mcu mm. in particular for for so many years um and speaking of that uh i we rewatched dr strange one i highly recommend everybody watch rewatch one this movie does such a good job being a sequel to that one and referencing things and i think that that's something that we don't talk about a lot in the mcu is how ridiculous it is that these movies function standalone as part of their own franchise and then part of the mcu as a whole and i was really impressed with the kind of love and care that this one gave the first movie with almost like in a lot of ways payoffs to setups from the first one that i would have never expected to see so i definitely recommend uh re-watching it before you go in yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that um, for the most part. I think like we are getting to a point like just to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit. And he, I used it as a positive, but like needing to see the first Doctor Strange, needing to see all the, the Avengers movies and then needing to see um, WandaVision. I feel like WandaVision is very integral to this movie. And I think that's really interesting because I feel like there are a lot of, you know, more casual um, kind of moviegoers that probably maybe don't watch the Disney plus show or felt like they didn't need to. And I think this movie is proof that, you know, those, all of those shows are going to be very, 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 very important. And I feel like you're losing a ton of context. If you don't watch them, I think it can work without it. It's still like an entertaining movie. You just might be lost at certain points uh, of, you know, character motivations and different things like that. But I do worry a little bit about that. And I, I think they do a good enough job, but we are getting to a point where, I guess they just trust that everyone is as invested as we are, or at least somewhat invested as much as we are for them to kind of, I'm just surprised at how hard, like Kevin said, they go with a lot of these things where they just trust their audience to kind of either get it. Or if you didn't see that you, the storytelling will make sense, but it's impressive. Yeah, totally. Kev, you have any other thoughts on it? No, that is an interesting place. Cause I feel like WandaVision is a show you like that, help would have helped to watch and like i don't think the movie falls apart without watching that but like i was a little shocked that um other shows uh in the mcu like it didn't feel like it was mandatory um Mm. and i i'm happy about that um but also i i don't know (laughs) it's so hard to talk about this stuff without like getting into spoilers but it's uh, I I don't know like I I feel like you could have gone in there without and they do such a good job of like sprinkling things in that like help you get to where you need to go totally. you know what I mean 
Um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to kind of uh, say as well was, um, oh my God, I lost my train of thought. But um, with the Raimi stuff, like I loved all the evil deadness of it. And like the the thing that you guys brought up on your Spider-Man and reviews constantly, like that montage I can't believe you went back to it where he <laughs> did the pop art kind of like montage and the weird edits and things like that. And then that's the stuff that I really kind of love throughout the whole movie is just like, how much they just I'm shocked that they're just like, yeah, go off and, and do your thing, man, because and then, oh, the other thing was with spoilers, like if you're watching this, you probably don't care that much. But like I'm I was surprised, like I got a lot of this movie spoiled beforehand and I was still surprised throughout it. That was the point that I was trying to make. Like I had probably the biggest stuff spoiled for, for me accidentally on Twitter. And uh, just to kind of for people who are watching being like, you're probably still don't know everything that's in this movie to kind of assure people because there were genuinely moments where I'm like, holy shit, like I was not expecting that or the places that they go. Well, that's, I think, an important thing to bring up is the the value of the MCU at this point is if the most exciting and the best thing about the movie is something that can be spoiled, it's not a good movie. And yes, I feel like I like that's MCU has proven to us at this point that it's like, cool, you, Toby and Andrew are in No Way Home. If that if watching the movie, knowing that makes it a bad experience for you, then they didn't do a good job handling it, making it a movie or making that moment actually matter. I think that uh, they have been killing it so far. And I think that this movie is another perfect example where there is extreme fan service in this movie, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. play as fan service. It plays as contextually uh, a perfect conduit for the storytelling of Wanda and Strange's journey through this uh, multiverse of madness and all that. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's just it, things are just here just to make the audience cheer or or like emote in any way. It feels like that is it's part of it, and the audience is going to cheer and emote. So it's like it's kind of this like perfect concoction of of the levels of investment that people are in because they know that people are going to go into this movie not knowing anything so it has to be entertaining for them so they have to in the movie give context for what's going on but the reality is that majority of people are the, the people that they're targeting are the ones that are at least invested enough to have seen a certain amount of these things so at least you understand yeah. the language of it and mm-hmm. i just appreciate what a point that they're they know that and they're like we're not going to dumb this down people get it we're not dealing with idiots we're dealing with mainstream populist that this is part of pop culture at this point so it's not so much like a, you got to do all your homework it's more like the more homework you do the more you're going to get out of it and yeah. that's something i found doing our rewatches and in review as a whole and all that i love going back and watching some of these the older movies uh with the context Insane. of where we're at now because it just strengthens our understanding of all of it and it really just allows movies like this to be as off the rails as it is but it's it's funny because like I feel like this movie is almost like a, a contradiction where it's like it is so <laughs> off the rails, but it only works because of how on rails it is. It's so focused mm. in what it's trying to accomplish, and it does simply that. I yeah, I, I think the way that they uh, th- this movie handles the multiverse is how I wanted the multiverse to be handled, and and other shows I haven't enjoyed. You know what they've done with with the multiverse, like specifically, what if it just doesn't seem like there's much weight and value to the stories that were being told. Where this is, I think, the opposite. There's there's so much weight and like things happen. It, I just it's I'm very excited to see how the MCU is dealing with the multiverse at large with the decisions that they've made in this movie. 
Yeah, I think it doesn't let itself get lost in like the minutia and the detail that would kind of get it off rails. It's like, no, we're sticking to these facts and that's what we're focusing on. And that's what it lets the like creative off the rails stuff really flourish um, so that you're not getting caught up in like the little intricacies of how everything works. Um, yeah, they've I feel done like such a good job with time travel and multiverse stuff, right? Of like not, yeah. you know, overcomplicating it and making it so we can pick it apart or they have to go back and retcon things. Because I think to Tim's point, like, uh, I, I love going back and rewatching these. And even if they pick up plot points and further things or change things from the past, like it never feels like, you know, crummy retconning, which some movies can do being like, oh, we need to fix this mistake. So let's just in the next movie kind of do something different that kind of fixes that like it never feels like that it feels like it's always adding on to it and then when you do those rewatches you get more like I rewatching Age of Ultron I like that movie way more now than I did before because of the context in WandaVision and other things like that that I go back and I go you kind of reevaluate the movies kind of each time you do a rewatch when you have more of the story which I think is what makes the MCU so special and entertaining and sorry Joe I cut you off though keep going <laughs> oh no it's totally fine um no I totally agree like I <clears throat> historically have not been a huge Doctor Strange fan. Like yeah. the this is probably Doctor Strange one is the movie I've probably seen the least in all of the MCU. Um but upon like rewatching it after we've gotten Spider-Man and like all of these other movies um and especially now after we've gotten Multiverse of Madness, I feel like I have a bigger appreciation for Doctor Strange as he is and his storylines and stuff like that and I would probably rank it higher now if I did my re-ranked my personal list yeah i mean i, I think a, a thing i definitely want to say here is i am with kev where i cannot wait for thursday like i want to watch this movie again so bad and it's it's funny because i did i don't think it's as good as some of the other movies that i've wanted to see uh again but it's just like there's just a lot in this one and it's like i, I really kind of want to sit and see how i feel after a second viewing to like really lock it all in um but again i'm happy the direction they went and like looking i'm the type of guy that when i look at the mcu movies everyone knows how invested i am in this shit like i this is i live and breathe it i freaking love marvel mm -hmm. studios but i really have noticed that i've kind of fallen into a thing of like do i want to watch this movie three times in theaters and those are the ones that are my top, top, top tier, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of those that end up being the case. Then there's the ones that I'm like, I'm watching these two times in theaters, which I think is my kind of baseline for MCU movies, where I like watching movies. I like Marvel movies. I, I watch it once. And I'm immediately like, I want to watch it again. And like Shang-Chi is a perfect example of that, right? And Spider-Man is an example of three times in theaters. Um in the recent in phase four, Black Widow and Eternals are two that I only saw in theaters once. And I'm like, I don't need to see these again. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm good. I enjoyed them for what they are, but I don't need to watch it again. This one, I'm like, I want to watch it a second time for sure. Will I want to watch it a third after that? I think that's a little bit more doubtful, but hey, we'll have to wait and see. But I think that that's, it's good company to be in at that point. Like, are, are all of you excited to see it again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I'm in the exact same boat as you, where I, I feel like I'm I love seeing these a second time just because like I said earlier, like I feel like my initial reaction is almost like overwhelmed and I just like taking it in the second time, knowing exactly what happens in the movie and kind of being able to kind of look around the scene and pick out different things or kind of just sit with characters and focus on a different thing. And I feel like I always get more out of them a second time. So I almost don't even trust my initial reactions sometimes until I see it again. But it's always 
yeah, I agree with you that I feel like I'm mixed on it, but I do really, really, really want to see it again. So that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, Joe. one more thing. <clears throat> How did you guys feel about some of the special effects in this movie? Because oh. <laughs> I, I did. I think a lot of them towards the beginning were pretty rough. Uh, and not super great. Um, and that was surprising to me as I watched the movie and I saw kind of how things evolved. It to me was very clear that they pushed uh, some of their resources to finishing those instead of some stuff at the beginning. But I just wanted to see what you guys thought. Okay. Oh, I was just saying, yeah, it, it was kind of shocking at the start. There were some of like effects that, that looked really, really bad. There was specifically Wong gets like picked up and thrown around and it was like, oof, that does that oh, looks. Yeah. Like that, that should be on like the you know Disney Plus shows. Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of a bummer, and it's like I hope that like I understand time restraint and stuff like that, but I, I like I want them to tighten those kind of things up so that everything looks as cool as possible, you know? Yeah, I, I unfortunately yeah. think this is just the future. I'm it's just where we're at. Like we're either gonna get these movies at this quality, or we're not gonna get them. Oh, we're getting, it's going to go back to how it was in like phase one, where it's like we get one MCU movie every couple of years, uh, which I would much prefer this where it's like the intense there. I get it. But yeah, it, it is unfortunate uh, to see some of the, the effects kind of not hold up. And you kind of need to just use your imagination a bit to allow. And that's where I'm like, is the choreography there? And I think in this movie, it definitely was. So it didn't distract yeah, me too much, great, but it yeah. is unfortunate. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of right there with you guys where like I that's what I meant by that first act being rough. Like I think a mix of like how the movie opens, some of the exposition dumps, kind of the clunky dialogue and like storytelling. Like I think it eventually finds its footing, like I said. But like I remember it starting in that opening scene. I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I like this or how it looks or <laughs> yeah. where it's going or any of that. And then um as it kind of went, I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then it kind of finds its footing. I do like the creature design in it, and I think like yeah. the creatures themselves all look good. It's just when they go to those different worlds and it's all cg backgrounds and whether it was green screen or or the kind of lucas film i forget what it's called the thing that they use um volume. but I, I yeah volume yeah thank you tim um I, I don't know yeah it did look rough around the edges but like some of that is the the raminess of it too i think in that last act like with some of the practical effects i'm like yeah will be off-putting to some people but like some people will really vibe with that too where it is that kind of campy horror kind of vibe that he's good at he'll make you kind of do a jump scare and then make you laugh at the jump scare and i feel like some of the effects that he uses and the camera movements all add into that and bring kind of this weird vibe to the whole thing and then yeah i i agree that maybe they're spread too thin with all the different uh, special effects studios that they use and things like that but i i don't know it, yeah i'm i'm kind of with tim where it's like it is but it is what it is you just kind of deal with it i do think it looks more expensive than the disney plus shows for sure oh yeah for sure yeah, it's interesting uh, with that. Like, I feel like with Raimi, there is so much style. I do think there's a lot of substance to back up this movie. Like, and I feel like most of the style, um, the majority of the style is kind of in service of something that's that's more substantial, like plot-wise or character-wise. Uh, but there's a couple examples that I'll definitely talk about in our interview later that, like, while cool, I feel like they were not backed up by uh, actual great motivations or stuff. And it's kind of like, this is a cool thing that's happening that's really cool and I should be really into, but I am not being because it kind of just seems like out of this world, like not correct. Uh, but having said that, I think that one of my favorite things about Doctor Strange 1 uh, was the ridiculous levels of creativity when it came to magic and thinking about what are the different 
talents that that the strange universe has that we haven't seen in mcu so the idea of the portals the idea of being able to make the little platforms to jump on using the time stone to rewind time and face dormammu and all that stuff it, every single use of magic is so creative this movie takes that to like 22 like it is so ridiculous how cool different types of magic are used and uh how varied all of that stuff is again not always to the best effect but i think that uh my the theme of my review for this movie is i'm happy they went as hard as they did it didn't always work but i appreciate it because it is it is a very very fun experience Although I will say we watched it in simultaneously the best and worst environment of all time. We got to watch it in IMAX, which I highly recommend if you guys have access to IMAX. The entire thing was in large format and it was beautiful. Um, So so well utilized. But uh, we watched it at the Metreon IMAX, which is a 400 person auditorium and there were less than 20 people in it. So yep. while that's cool that we got our own kind of experience, this is this is a crowd movie. Like this is oh, a movie I absolutely that, yeah. yeah. You, there's gonna be cheers. There's gonna be whales. There's gonna be like oh my god! It's like it is. I I can't wait for Thursday to get that real energy going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a huge part agree. of my interest in going on Thursday. Of like, I'm excited to watch other people watch this movie. Yeah. Um, and I think it's gonna be. <laughs> I feel like how your tagline is. I feel uh. What is it again? Say it again. Sorry, I can't remember. <laughs> Tim. Uh, oh, you're happy they went as, as hard, hard as they went. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like mine is for better or for worse <laughs> in terms yeah. of uh, there's a lot that happens and some of it you're going to love and some of it you're not going to love, but it they all happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are going to have some thoughts about this yeah. movie. <laughs> I am, I'm genuinely curious elements. to see how how people feel because I was the same. We saw it at a press screening, and you know there was there was a good amount of people. But a press audience for Marvel movies is always interesting because you have like a handful of us that are like really into it and will pop for a music cue, and then the yeah. rest are just kind of jaded old critics that are just yeah. there to review the movie for a newspaper. So I yeah. I think it elevates the material when you see it with an audience and i think that is part of the experience so that's another reason why after all of these press screenings i'm like i kind of night i need to see it opening night with an audience because that is part of it right so i'm excited for that it was it was us so it was me joey kevin paula and like i swear to god like all the other people were like 60 plus year old women absolutely and i was like okay and so here we are (laughs) me joey and kevin fucking losing our shit (laughs) whoa whoa Like, and it doesn't help that the theater's so big that if other people are popping, yeah. you can't even hear it. So it did just I, feel like yeah. it was only. I us. feel like they they heard us pop, or more specifically, yeah. me, pop, really me pop. Me yeah. pop many moments where it was like, I wonder. They like, made notes. They made yeah. notes in their notebook. Yeah, it's 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 so interesting. Those screenings are always so interesting because it's like behind us there was someone like actually taking notes. Yeah, and yeah, uh yeah. it was like oh all right that's i'm so happy that's not what we're doing i love that for you guys <laughs> yeah. inside baseball baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> you'll love to see it well anyways that has been our spoiler free review of dr strange in the multiverse of madness please go watch this movie and then return to check us out on in review this friday can't wait to get into all the the spoilers yeah. a lot of stuff to spoil so that's gonna be a lot of fun to get into um but matt where can people find you 
Uh, you guys can follow the Untitled Movie Podcast and Untitled Movie Reviews on YouTube and podcast services. If you want a one-stop shop for everything we do, if you're on Letterboxd, just search Untitled underscore Movies, and you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. Hell yes. And then also, if you're an MCU fan, tomorrow, Moon Knight, the finale is happening. We're going to be doing yeah. a screencast ASAP. It should be going out sometime in the afternoon. And if you're a patreon.com slash funny supporter, you'll be able to see it live as we record it. But until then, I love you all. Goodbye.